What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. <laughs> oh. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. Um, It's another interesting episode where I'm in the kitchen, and so (laughs) there might be other noises that come through, but it's fine. It's fine. It's like you're. Fine. It's like you're sitting in the room with us, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's an intimate podcast experience. Exactly, and you might be thinking, "Well, hey, doesn't Harris have his own apartment?" And the yeah. answer would be yes, but also the answer would be, I, "I'm way too lazy to leave at eight thirty on a Sunday night to go to Harris's and record for two hours and then drive back home." So. Here we are. Look, we're busy people. You're lucky we do this podcast at all. Or, <laughs> to be, or you know. to be honest, that is very true. <laughs> or unlucky, as the case may be. However, that, you feel about this. That was not true three months ago, but it is very true now. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had two softball games I did today. Got back home. Yeah. It was my sister's birthday. Family had to do something, and then here we are. Yeah, these next, uh, I'm definitely working at least six days a week for the next two months, so the string of episodes we're about to go on is about to be very interesting. It will. Oh, yes. Yes, it will. Very informed. Very informed. I'm telling you, I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. We can't do another three-hour WrestleMania preview. Yeah, I don't think Because that was like a week before the tax deadline, and that about killed me. That was, <laughs> we can't be doing that again. Well, the funny that thing is, much. we didn't even do a preview. No, no, no. But you know what I mean? Like a WrestleMania episode. Right, we right, can't, right. That can't happen again. Oh, no. No, it definitely cannot. <laughs> not, not to that degree. No, I literally have games on Friday, Saturday, and WrestleMania. Of, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not happening. Oh, this is going to be... Like, I, okay, might make just... it, I might make it back home in time for WrestleMania. I definitely will not be back at home before the pre- pre-show starts, because that starts at, I think, 10 a.m. this year. Something yeah, you around can't. Then. That's not happening. The trick is to not watch the pre-show. Oh, that's for the, sure. If you watch the pre-show, you're done. You will not yeah. make it. By the time the yeah. two main events or whatever, the best matches come around, you will just not even care. Well, first of all, the two main events probably won't be the best matches because oh, history well, is any well, indication. Sure. I'm just saying, by the time you get to that point, you definitely will not care anymore. By the time Goldberg comes to the ring to fight Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, you won't care. Oh, if it's Goldberg and Roman Reigns, I won't care. No, because that means oh, Roman absolute, Reigns is just going to beat up Goldberg, and then I'm really, really going to be mad. I mean, oh, jeez. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, I just feel like there's like an 80% chance that Goldberg beats The Fiend in Saudi Arabia and takes the title, which I'm I love Goldberg, that. but goodness, that's, oh, that's an atrocious decision. I have no issues. I'm yeah. already not watching. So that would right. make me watch. I was going to say, we're not going to watch it either way. So no, no. Oh, well, I will we'll afterwards because it only, it'll talk... only be five minutes long. Either One way, way or yeah. another, it'll only be five to 10 minutes long tops. Let's hope, man. Let's no, hope. No, no, no. There is so no hoping. Like there is no other option. 
<laughs> I mean, either way, look, I don't know. We talked about this a few weeks ago when they first came out, but I finally got got around to watching the other uh, Steve Austin Broken Skull Sessions interviews with Goldberg and Kane. I saw the Undertaker one last week. And I, I've only seen the Undertaker and Goldberg ones. The Kane one is surprisingly good because I look. Everyone loves and respects Kane, but you're also like, yeah, it's Kane, you know? Right. But it's a very it's an interesting conversation. It's not like. It's not as good as Undertaker out of character, which you like never see, or Goldberg, who's a pretty rare phenomenon as it is, Mm -hmm. but it's still really good, you know? And he talks a lot about like the Kane costume and what that was like for him and just different stuff like that. It's very, and and coming up with the gimmick and kind of getting in the character's head, things like that. It's a lot of fun. And they talk about the Pete Rose thing a little bit, which made me laugh. (laughs) That's funny. Go check that episode out. Pete Rose yeah. in the in the back catalog. Oh, it's lovely. Well, highly recommend that. I just thought about that because that's like sure. that's easily the most I've ever seen Goldberg talk. And the whole time I was like, yeah, I know why Mark likes this guy so much. He, oh, he's, he's a awesome. cool guy. Uh, so it's a shame he's about to beat the fiend and just get booed out of every building he shows oh, up. In but not by me. <laughs> that's babyface, man. I'm the one cheering mm. at Randy Orton, and I'm the one cheering at Goldberg. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Well, he'll get cheered. He'll get cheered if he fights Roman Reigns, though. I guess to be oh, fair. Oh yeah. Well, yes, yes, I agree. Um, hopefully. Um, I'm 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 worried that Roman Reigns' lack of spotlight is gonna make him get him over. I mean, that's kind of what they're hoping. The other thing, the best thing they could do is have Roman Reigns be like, "Hey, Goldberg, you're like 55. Stop fighting current wrestlers," because <laughs> then fans might actually get behind him. That's but true. But they won't. They'll have him cut some really contrived promo and hey. Big Goldberg, this is this is the big dog's yard. Yeah, you know, and then and everyone will be like, boo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They'll just burn. They've spent like this is just this is very meandering at this point. This is our current events topic, but it's like they've spent eighteen months just letting Roman, maybe not eighteen, at least twelve months, just letting Roman Reigns chill in the mid card, just gradually build, just kind of hang out. No, no major pushes, nothing too cheesy. And they're just going to burn all that goodwill in one terrible promo. Oh, oh guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. Like, that's not even a question at this point. Oh, man. It's fun. So you excited uh, You excited to go see Dynamite Live this week? Oh, dude, I can't wait. I, What's on the card? Break it down for me since one, you know I never watched. I still don't understand how you have not watched any Dynamite. I haven't I haven't had time to watch like any wrestling at all the last few weeks. It started in it's October. Not exclusive to it Dynamite. started in October, Harris, and you have not some watched of it. any I watched, Dynamite. I watched like the first couple. Um and then you stopped. That's the surprising part. But anyway, um no, it's uh it, it's it's a heck of a card here. Let me let me see. I'm going to see if I can pull it up. Like it's like a pay-per-view. All right. So the main event is the first ever steel cage match in AEW history between Cody and um, Wardlow, which is MJF's like heavy. And oh, so, that's right, that's right. Yeah, because there was the stipulations for Cody, mm-hmm. and one of them was cage match with with Wardlow. So nice. that's gonna be dope because that storyline's just been amazing, and it's Cody in Atlanta, so that's dope. And then um, you got John Moxley versus Jeff Cobb in Cobb's debut in AEW. Um, big indie guy. Um, I'm not familiar with his work. I've just heard his name before, but a lot of people are real excited that he's joining AEW. Big guy, like kind of like, kind of looks like the body shape 
the body type of like a taller rhino. But, but huh. he's, he's taller than Rhino. Um, and kind of vicious dude. So that'll be interesting. There's a tag team battle royal for the number one contendership. Just with a ton of tag teams. And um, there's the tag team titles are on the line. With Omega and Paige versus uh, the Lucha Bros. And I think those are the official matches that have been announced. But it's a pretty stacked card, which is a pretty cool. Yeah, Although like I'm disappointed because next week there's the 30 minute Iron Man match with Pac and Omega, <laughs> and I would rather see that than anything wow. that's been announced for this. So I'm a little disappointed. But uh, man, that 30 minutes is going to be zero to zero. Those guys could go for an hour. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait for that. But I am excited for for the show that that we have on here so it's gonna be awesome i can't wait to finally be able to see it i'm still mad it took them almost a year <laughs> to come to literally where their television program is based out of but at least they're giving you the super show to make up for it true true they are and then the pay-per-views in two weeks i think two two weeks uh, okay um it's two weeks from yeah i think i think two weeks from like this weekend um i i believe because i think it's the last weekend of february yeah, revolution it is. So, um, yeah, there's a lot, and, and every single storyline is is great. Like they are, they are banging on all cylinders right now. The last couple of um, dynamites have been just awesome. Like they've just been absolutely fantastic. So, and like every story, like there's an amazing story with Dustin Rhodes and Jake Hager because yeah, Jake Hager yeah. broke his broke his arm like two months ago. They're and fighting so, at the pay-per-view, right? Yeah, 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 they are. And it is amazing. Dustin is doing some of his best work in ever. Like He's just on fire at like 50-whatever years old. Yeah, he's had a great second run here. Um, Yeah, the tag team stuff's great. The elite is great. The whole Hangman Page story with him just being a drunk loser and <laughs> alienating himself from all of his friends is great. The only issue with it is him and Omega are the tag champions, which I'm right. still very, very mad about. Well, maybe by Wednesday they won't be. <sighs> I doubt it, but maybe. Um, <laughs> I'll be cheering for Lucha Brothers, that's for sure. Um, because they had a tag match this past week with SCU, mm -hmm. and the first half of it was amazing because these guys are just awesome. And then the second half was like a typical AEW tag match where – nothing makes sense and everyone's going everywhere and nobody's counting and you don't even know who the legal men are and it's a super kick party mark and, i know they're not the and, tag right. team champions but the principle applies and the two uh you know the champions are two thrown together i mean yeah they've been part of each other with the elite i guess but they have not been a tag team and now thrown together and are just running through all the tag aw's for all their preaching of tag team division they have really made it weak be, be with this move they have made it really really weak and i understand like the store this story is really good and they're cultivating it really well but they just didn't need the titles for it and it's hurting the tag team division so i'm hoping they can get over that and get back to building up the tag division because there's so many great teams and everyone does good work mm -hmm. but yeah this aw was awesome i mean dustin and sammy guevara was great because sammy guevara just left and then just gave up just left with jake hager and then Dustin cut an amazing promo. Britt Baker has become the most over heel in the entire company, other than MJF. Hmm. Uh, she had the loudest 
reactions of anyone in the entire show with her heel promo. I, I was shocked. Is that the one where she was ripping on Whataburger? Yes. Yes. Like, <laughs> I heard about that. It was the biggest, <laughs> it was the loudest the crowd was the entire night. I entire love night. I and love... and just the whole thing with her and Tony Schiavone is just, it works. And they, oh, that's fantastic. when it's someone who everyone's like, okay, look, she's really not that good. She can't talk. She really can't wrestle. Why? We, Wait, we're, we're over her. <laughs> And then, and she's like trying these awful promos from a few weeks ago. And then they're like, okay, let's pump the brakes and turn her heel. And it worked. It worked. Like, cause what she did two weeks ago is she went out and was wrestling this one girl. I don't remember who it was and was beating her up. And then at the end, she like, I think, I don't remember if she, I think she pinned her. And then at the end of the match, she just kept beating her up. And then she dragged her head over to the ring rope and put her mouth on the bottom rope and then just like kicked her in the back of the head and knocked her teeth out. Oh, that's great though. Cause she's a dentist. Right. Right. (laughs) And then, and then this week she was like, yeah, I gave her free dental work. What are you mad about? Like, so it was pretty, Look, it works. That's more of an apology than most heels ever offer. Like I made them whole is a pretty good, that's nice. You know, she didn't have Mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah, it was, uh, it's so it's working it's working man she's got heat so uh the women's title match uh rio and nyla rose i i I didn't have a chance to watch that one but i heard it was really good nyla rose won and is the women's champion um that's certainly the right move i mean you know what i mean like i know we bag on the women's division a little bit as much as i can for someone who doesn't watch on a regular basis but it feels like they put the title on Rio when they first started and kind of overestimated her popularity and her overness with the fans. Yeah. Seems like it makes way more sense to put it on a heel and let somebody chase her for a while than to give it to like the small scrappy baby face right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, Rio literally weighs like 90 pounds. Exactly. So, and and it just looks goofy sometimes with certain (laughs) moves that she does. I mean, like it works. We've seen small people like, it, it it work it can work right but there's definitely certain moves when it's like when she's like doing a pin package where she's like bridging to like put her weight over them to pin them it's like eh, yeah. maybe don't do that like <laughs> like Kyrie Sane was WWE like NXT women's champion at some point right I'm not crazy uh yeah 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 she's for sure a long time like that that works right the well she's also like bigger than works. Rio and it, well, right, and if she had been the first ever champion, it just feels a little different. Like that's not sure. entirely fair, but it it is. It's just different. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get any more juice going forward. I mean, who is like who is the biggest babyface right now that's geared up for this? Is it uh, Statlander? Pr- I mean, no, she's it's, so pro- new. it's probably she- still Rio. Just again, it's all. Yeah. There's not really much. The, it's it's a work in progress, but but it looks up you know the Britt baker things yeah. getting over and this match apparently was really really good so you know i mean it seems like stuff's looking up so that's good it's yeah. just taking a while to get her uh to get her footing yeah. um jungle boy wrestled mjf that was incredible that was nice. just that was awesome because for the first like 10 minutes you knew both those guys were just like you know what Uh, like I can go and you can go. And so we're just going to go and not really care about the story for the first like 10 minutes and then focus on the story for the last half of the match. And so they just go for it, which you don't get to see a lot from MJF just because he's a heel. So he doesn't wrestle Mm -hmm. that way. 
but they just went for it. Just combination wrestling. Like, it was awesome. It was fantastic. Um, and then, of course, MJF cheats, gets the ring, punches Jungle Boy in the face, and then che- cheats and wins. So it, it worked. It worked. Um, and then beat him up a little afterwards. And then, of course, Luchasaurus has to come out and chase out Wardlow and, and everyone else. So who knows if that'll be a program moving forward because they're both huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, that was great. Moxley versus Santana, um, both with one eye. That was a fun. That was a fun <laughs> match because Moxley's milking this pirate gimmick, and it's awesome and it works. And then he tried. He put out. Tried to put out Santana's eye last week, so he now hasn't his eye patched up. And they they then went at it. So that was fun. Okay, this is just. This is rapidly approaching like Southpaw regional wrestling territory at this point <laughs> where something's going to happen and he's going to be like uh, like Anderson with two eye patches <laughs> just fumbling around. That's what it that sounds would be like. Funny. That would be pretty funny. It hasn't gone that way yet, but it definitely could. But uh, yeah, so no, it was another great show. And, and I'm like, this is this might be the best AEW's been as a whole since it's mm-hmm. like since since it started so it's perfect time to now have get to go to a show so i'm i'm real excited about that see maybe that's what they were waiting on they were like no 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 we got to get it like we got to really hey, hit our maybe. stride so we can give mark the best show we possibly can hey that's fine with me i'll i'll <laughs> i'll give it to him they they put on a great show i'll take it all back that's that's for sure and i'm still here and actually can go so who who knew that was going to be the case yeah that worked out uh yeah so that was cool um, another thing, not wrestling related, but we got to talk about it, Harris, because they're on, they're in the win column, Harris. They're in the win column. <laughs> Big win today. My Dallas Renegades defeat the LA Wildcats 25 to 18, finally score a touchdown and are able to pull out the win coming back in the fourth quarter. I know you Dang, can't hear some... it because I'm playing it over here, but I'm playing the <laughs> Dallas Renegades theme on my end. So, all right, very good, very yep. good. And uh, how did your Guardians do, Harris? How'd that oh, go? Oh, they fell, they fell to one and one. <laughs> We're tied now. No, 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 no. How did it go yesterday? I think it went really poorly. The only thing that I saw, I was working during the game, so I didn't get to watch most of it. But I saw uh, they interviewed Matt McGloin at halftime, and he got really mad and like ripped on the game plan, and then they benched him. So it doesn't sound like things went super well. But if I know anything about sports narratives, this is the part where, like, they're going to hit a low streak for a few games and then hit their stride and go on this big winning streak. Like, that's how every sports movie I've ever seen says that it has to go. So this is the low point. That's fine. We're going to rebound. When is the um, – I mean, I'm looking at the schedule now. But, Harris, the other when- thing is, like – it's already like you can already mark it that the defenders are going to the title game. Yeah, I listened to um, another football podcast. I listened to did an actual XFL preview, not like ours. Like they just looked at the players and the coaching staff, and that was like that was before we ever recorded last week. But they were like, "Oh wow, the defenders actually look really good. They have a lot of talent." And I was like, "Dang it!" I mean, we called they it. They're gonna win the whole thing. We called it. We're like, oh, uh, they're the yeah. lamest team. They're boring and bland, and have a terrible logo and a terrible name and a terrible everything. They had a good song, but er- everything else terrible. Mm. And watch them just win the whole thing because that's the way football works. 
And the yep. boring teams are always the best because they don't have to be flashy and prove anything else because they just win. Well, I mean, but how many? So the Renegades turned things around a lot because what did they, they did? It was a rough yeah, first week. It was it was brutal last week. That it was, was brutal. the worst week one game. Now they only right. gave up fifteen, but yeah, it wasn't. It was a bad game. That's ridiculous. It was bad. Oh man, the Vipers lost again. Poor Aaron. The best Murray's part about it fired. was the fact He's that terrible. Pat McAfee was on the sidelines of that game, <laughs> and there was a great moment. This was from last week. The Renegades and. Um, uh, they lost to the Battlehawks, and right. it was a great moment where the Renegades have an awesome punter. Like this dude is amazing. Like from the first, they they had the ball to start off the game, and then it was like fourth down, and they were like at like the forty-five or something like that. And and the announcers are like, "Well, with this league, you might as well just go for it because if you punt it out of the end zone, they get the ball at the thirty-five. Like you right. might as well go for it." And they immediately go to punt, and they're like, oh, oh, okay. And then he just punts it and pins them down at, like, the five-yard line. And they're like, well, if you have a punter like that, I guess you can get away with it. <laughs> so that was really funny. But then later, he literally punted, and the ball hit and stuck at the one-yard line. And then one of his own players came running in and knocked it into the end zone for a touchback. And I've never seen Pat McAfee more mad in my life than he was when that <laughs> happened because he was as it was going he was like this this is a perfect punt this never happened it was per what what's he doing he was so angry it, it, he was so mad and what the guy thought was because the returner was like close to the ball and he backed off like the last second the guy thought the ball had hit him and so he was like trying to recover it but he, it never actually hit him, and then he just ended up knocking a perfect punt in the end zone. And then Pat McAfee's like, I'm going I'm going right now and talking to that guy, and found him on the <laughs> sideline and was like, what What were you thinking? Knocking the punt. It was very funny. It was very funny. So, uh, But yeah, that game was terrible. But but this one was much better. The one today was much better. Yeah, it looks... Okay, so mark your calendar now. Week 5, March 7th. That's a Saturday. That's the behind the Gorilla Bowl. That's the Guardians Ooh. Ooh. and the Renegades. Where's it at? So, uh, it's at Dallas. All right, I we're going. I... <laughs> you're no, done. Not. You're done with tax season, right? No, March seventh. Absolutely not. Crap. Well, oh well. It's worth a shot. <laughs> when is? Sorry, I'm looking. I think everyone plays each other twice. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I, you would ass- like wrong. You would assume so. There's only everyone in the teams. same. Um, yeah, and there's in this, they're in the same like division, so you would think so, but it doesn't look like it. Which oh, is weird. Too bad. Well, we'll have to wait for the playoffs, and then we'll have to go. That's right. I'm pretty sure that's how our predictions played out, so that's fine. <laughs> we could probably get tickets for like 12 bucks. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, anyway, that that's all I got for, for any of that other stuff. But, uh, Harris, we do have to talk about what's up with David Arquette. Now, Harris, there's there's not a ton up with David Arquette this week, but one thing happened. He was on a TV show. He had a guest appearance on a Fox show called Deputy, which I had never heard of. I realized how oblivious I am to network television shows because mm-hmm. I, I, I set it to record because I was like, oh, he's going to be on it. I'm going to watch him on it. And then, like, as I was going through, one, I didn't watch the episode. I just skipped to when he was in it. And... 
like commercials would come up for other or like they do those little like in screen graphics of like other shows and I was like yeah. I I've never even heard of most of this stuff. Like Maggie Lawson is on a sitcom with Jason Biggs and I did not know this. And I was like I don't think I it's called like I don't even remember what it was called. It's called like Overachiever or oh, I don't even remember what it's called. And I I just saw her on I saw I was like what I I had no idea that that the, that this was a thing. So I'm a blue I'm out of it with uh, I distinctly remember being a little kid and seeing commercials. You know, like you're watching football on a Sunday afternoon and you see a commercial for like NCIS or something. Yeah. Or, you know, there's really serious CBS promos where they're like, America's most watched network. <laughs> right. And you're like, wow, that's what grownups watch. That looks like a really serious, <laughs> intense show. And now I see the commercials for NCIS and I'm like, what? Who watches this? What yeah. is this? Yeah. This looks like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, there's a lot of that. Like, you you ever watch yeah. those commercials for the show 911? Yeah, that was one of the ones that was going on with this thing. And I was like, oh, I saw that during football commercials and that uh, yeah. during football games. I have no idea. I feel like network TV is – I'm trying to think of a good comparison. It's like Maroon 5. <laughs> You don't even have to say anything else. It's just understood. That's what it is. You know, they somehow sell out 15,000-seat arenas, but nobody admits to liking it. And you're sitting there, and you're like, I don't know personally a single person that watches a single one of these shows, but somehow 6 million people watch them, like, every week. And I don't know who they are. Yeah, but I used to think the same thing about wrestling. It's just a weird <laughs> sub-community that, like, you would never be oh, a part but, of. But is there this weird network TV sub-community, like, on Twitter or something that's all, like, banded together and do Like, I can't figure it out. I don't know, man. It's weird. But anyway. It's weird. But, but anyway, he was, was on an, he was on an episode of Deputy, Deputy and boy, he uh, he's not a good guy. I think that goes without saying. He, he's a heel, um, you might say. He's worse than that. Um, <laughs> oh, so when you see him, he's chasing after this, this girl It's like teen girl. She's probably, I don't know, 14 or 15, something like that out in like the desert. I'm not sure where the show is set. It's set somewhere in Texas or something. And, uh, you find out he's like been, he keeps like three or four, like teenage girls, like chained up in his house. Mm-hmm. And then there's like an older lady that lives with him too. Again, I didn't watch the episode, so I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> but I watched everything with him, and it was very confusing. And then I would go back and be like, wait a minute. Why did he appear 20 minutes in chasing this girl in the woods and never before? Like, there's no setup before this. So I feel like the show doesn't do a good job of setting stuff up because <laughs> it just jumps right into it, and then it's over. And you're like, uh oh, okay. I but- feel like we can't honestly criticize the show without watching the entire episode. Sure, sure. That's why I'm trying, you know, I'm not, I'm trying not to, but, uh, it was, it was weird and he's a very horrible person. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, he keeps, he keeps teenage girls chained up and I don't know what he does with them. It doesn't go into details with that, but it's not good. And then, then he goes and he kills them when they get too old. So yikes. Yeah, it's pretty uh pretty creepy. Okay then. So he has yeah. a fight with the main character. 
the deputy, mm-hmm. I guess, is who it is. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, he and he, it's typical. It's it's a typical David Arquette performance, but but evil, but but much more evil. So right. kind of over the top, a little bit. You know, that's that that's mm-hmm. David Arquette's style. Well, I watched, I watched the clip you posted on Twitter, and he definitely appears to be a little unhinged as yeah. a character. Yeah, like he's but, got but, some mental. But issues like he can pull that playing. off. Like that's right up his wheelhouse. Right. No, whether, it whether it's bad. in like, like it a, it's supposed to be whether it's in a quirky too. good yeah. guy way or like a maniacal horrible way. Like that's right up his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he pulls it off. Yeah. It's fun, and uh, he doesn't die in the end. Spoilers. He gets, uh, he gets uh, arrested. So I don't know if he's oh. gonna come back or if I have no idea what's gonna happen. But yeah, he's a pretty horrible person. But, but props to David Arquette. It was fun. At least the parts with him that I watched. So. I hope he's a recurring character, just so this becomes <laughs> a new segment, which is Mark watched seven minutes of the show Deputy and tries to relay the plot to us. That's very fun. I enjoy that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, Fox, yeah. if you're listening, here make a show called Deputy, except it's about Dewey. That's see, that's what I skyrocket. That would have been so much better. But oh, that well. seems like the kind of thing that would happen with the streaming bubble boom and like everyone is getting their own right. spinoff and TV show and origin story. Like I read, Disney Plus hired Rick Moranis to be in their show Shrunk. Wow. Which is going to be like a Honey I Shrunk the Kids universe. All right, no, TV wait show. a minute. Wait a minute. Where did you hear that? I don't know. I saw it on Twitter somewhere. Because Rick Moranis retired like completely right. no, from acting back, like baby. decades he's, ago. He's, no, but yeah, don't back. come he's back like for that. No, you were one it's of the few. You got out. <laughs> like you got out. You're like a legend. We all love you. Don't come back for that. This is the world. Well, th- this is the world we live in, Mark. Shawn Michaels wrestled again in Saudi Arabia. No, and Rick no, Moranis he didn't. Is out of retirement. No, he didn't. He's on Disney Plus. No, he didn't. He did not. <laughs> That's non-canon. Saudi Arabia is non-canon. It is non-canon. You're right. It is not. That's Elseworlds. That's the Elseworld WWE. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Man. But no, but not in a good way because Elseworld stories are actually pretty good. Um, okay. Interesting. Anyway, well, that's, remember that's that comic when, talk for all the people that don't know what that means. Remember we said that, kids, when Naomi beats Bailey for the women's championship <laughs> in two weeks? <laughs> oh, Man. Yeah, on the pre-show. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And there's gonna be this big entrance, and like nobody's gonna pop because they don't like I don't know like women who wear neon are not allowed there or something, so right. she can't do her entrance. It'll be something right. that just cripples the whole thing. Anyway, that's really all I got for uh for David Arquette, but I thought that was fun. That is pretty good. So uh, all right, now I guess we might as well get into the show. So uh, Harris, right. what uh. What, what do you top, what do you, what do you got for so, us? So, this was this was sort of inspired by the rec, the direction the show has gone in the last few weeks oh, with no. uh, season two of the XFL. Oh, and okay. um, yeah. So you know, just looking around, thinking about how obviously we haven't exhausted all of the possibilities for wild and wacky and crazy things that happen in the world of wrestling. But you know, it, it's it's getting harder and harder to think of them, and you know, the list is getting. If not shorter, you have to think a little bit longer and a little bit harder before you find stuff to put on the list. I disagree. Well, okay, but just hear me out here for a second. Between those two things <laughs> kicking around in my head this week as I thought about it, I thought, you know, 
I understand what my problem is with with season two of the XFL, and it's how seriously they take themselves. There's just not that same brand of wrestling je ne sais quoi that they had in season one. Sure. And I thought, but I think that's done on purpose. Week. But sure. Oh yeah. Well, so <laughs> so this week I thought. I would revisit season one of the XFL oh and boy. talk a little bit about why that might be happening on purpose. Oh no. Oh and, no. <laughs> because this is, oh, we've man. talked we're, about we're this in a little for, bit. We're in for an episode folks. Oh, uh, it won't, don't worry. It won't be, it won't be like four hours long. I promise. But it could be. We, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. It's weird and very funny to me that of all the sports in the world, wrestling is the only one that became worked. You know what I mean? Like, unless well, you no, count... that's not true. Except for well, the tool race. Say, sorry, the tool race at the Braves games. <laughs> okay, that's not what I was gonna say. But yes, that's a good one. Uh, Drill is the greatest babyface in all of sports but he's entertainment. Not. No, he's not. He's not the greatest. You, I bet face. you like fill the bucket, don't of you? Course, you absolute jabroni. Of course. Mark. I like fill the bucket the best. Fill the bucket. Of course. Anyway, all right. He'll go out of his way to knock paintbrush into drill, and then he'll lose, but it'll be just to do that and knock those two out. It's going to be – oh, this is going to be a whole episode. One day we're going to do an episode on the Home Depot tool race. Oh, I'm down, man. I got got a (laughs) list of reasons why fill the bucket's the best and why the hammer stinks. We're gonna pull. Look, I do. I don't care about the hammer. That's fine. If you like the hammer the best, you are a Roman Reigns fan. No, that doesn't track though. AKA I, John Cena fan, AKA Hulk Hogan yes. fan. That is so is those drill. are the Hammer fans. Okay, hang on, pause. So this sounds like a future episode. So, so does that make well, we Zack Ryder? Is that the best? Like, is that the equivalent? <laughs> or Kurt Hawkins? Yeah, I was gonna say he's. Yeah, that well, or um, Slater. He's Heath Slater. Let's be honest. He's got kids, man. He's got kids. Anyway. The other example I was going to say is the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, That's kind yes, of the only other yes. thing I can think of. True. But there was a point in season one of the XFL where we started getting storylines. The games were not worked. It never got that far. But that we know there of. were actual storylines. So when I started like looking into this episode, I, I had this particular storyline in mind. But the more I was researching, the more I thought, you know, there's just a lot of things that happened that I kind of want to bring up. So I've compiled them into a list of 10 things that we we should acknowledge happened in the XFL that I want to bring to your attention oh, that we this hold them great. That we hold them in our hearts that we appreciate them and think about what that would be like if it were to happen today in season 2. I'm so and happy you did this. If you're if you're listening at home and you're thinking, hey, Harris, it kind of sounds like you just watched the 30 for 30 on the XFL <laughs> and took a few notes on it. And now you're going to talk about it. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but realistically, you've all seen it anyway. Go watch it. It's very good. It's awesome. And number two, watching a two hour documentary, you know, like an hour and a half once you cut out the commercials. That's about how much I would typically watch for an episode of this show anyway. Wow, so that's a little I think low. it's fun. I think it's fun. Usually takes me like three or four. Well, you know. We, well, it we, depends we on how long the, the story goes or whatever. Right. So in this case, 
it's an entire season. I guess it's a few months, really, in the space of wrestling angles. You know what I should have done? Dang it. We'll come back to this at some point. I should have looked into, like, what wrestling angles were happening at the time. I failed Ooh. to do that. But Yeah, that would be interesting. Just because you got to wonder, you know, because Vince McMahon, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit, was very, very, very hands-on with the first one and is very not hands-on with the second one, which is also probably not an accident. So <laughs> let, let's just let's just get started here. We're going in sequential order, the order is the way the season plays out. The first thing I want to bring to everyone's attention is season one of the XFL was announced at the official WWE restaurant Yep, in Times Square, That New might York be an City. episode one day. I was about to say, that sounds like... I started to look into this, and then I was like, I could do a whole week on this alone. Yeah, we'll, we'll put a pin on that. That the WWE restaurant existed in Times Square. I can't like that's the dumbest early two thousands like marketing crossover that I can imagine. And I'd be that's, all for it. I mean, the thing is, though, like, if it existed, I would go to it. So, <laughs> fair play, I guess. Like, you know they... what? Maybe not. Maybe we're hypocrites because we still haven't made a trip to Scott Steiner's uh, Shoney's, which is about 45 minutes away. That's true. That is pretty close. But this is – but, okay, like, the, the idea behind it I, clearly doesn't work because, like, it doesn't exist anymore. I don't think it lasted very long. But <laughs> no, I it get does it not exist. Because you put it in Times Square. There's a ton of tourism there. There's a decent chance that a decent amount of the tourists at any given time are already wrestling fans. Madison Square Gardens nearby. Yeah. yeah it makes sense. And, like, you can get a good amount of people who are hardcore fans and think it would be cool and a decent amount of people who, like, do it ironically, right? I understand the idea. It didn't work, and that's fine because can you imagine a world where Vince McMahon is like, hey, forget the XFL. Let's get into the franchising business. And there's like chains of WWE restaurants all over the country. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can. Oh, man. And I think it would be hilarious. It, it would be really funny if it was like Hooters, but wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That, we have opened a whole can of worms here. That's the that's really that's all this episode is. This is just a clickbait. Oh my gosh! Listicle I got an even episode. better idea, Harris. I got an even better idea for the restaurants. So what it need, they need okay. to do that? They need to open it, you know, in a handful of major cities, and then that's where all the local wrestlers can work their day jobs, where they then <laughs> wrestle, you know, in the indies, trying to like make it work. That's just what we need is Vince McMahon getting his it's hands like on a new, more. It's like indie a whole talent. other minor league system. <laughs> Just saying. Could happen. This sounds like a sitcom, like somebody who's a wrestler and works a day job at a restaurant. <laughs> well, let's write it. Anyway. We could write that. Easy. Yeah, for sure. Easy. Look, it's got to be better than Deputy. The episodes David Arquette's not on, anyway. Well, I don't know. I haven't watched it. I can't say. <laughs> I, I, I have... That's true. It could, be the best. it could be the best thing on television. No. We have no idea. No, it can't be. That, I, I've seen enough. That... That's oh, not true, okay. but but I don't know necessarily okay. how good or bad it. I I I, okay. I cannot say. I have <laughs> so, I have suspicions, but I cannot okay. say for sure. Okay. So season one of the XFL starts with Vince announcing the XFL from the WWE restaurant. Yeah, how did and he do like, it? He just cut a promo. It's just Vince, the wrestling character. Like I remember when he announced season two, 
and it was weird and a little surreal because like you kind of remember had heard about season one but it was just vince mcmahon like the reasonable businessman taking live questions in front of a green screen with an xfl graphic in the background and just talking and it was like he had decided like 45 minutes before that the xfl was going to come back and he was just kind of talking about it this is not what this is this is like primo like midlife crisis roided up like just like was just making out with trish stratus or whoever backstage right before this <laughs> like this is mr mcmahon and he comes out to the podium and he's like where's the game of football that i grew up with where's my smash mouth football it's gone like he's fully in character and he's just running down the nfl and it's and ironic it's with that being said then compared to the way football's played now Right. You're like, was it really that bad in like 2000, 2001? Like, like John like, Lynch was still allowed to hit people and, and Brian Dawkins were allowed to, you know, flatten receivers as they came on a poster out across the middle. Right. I'm it like, was great. I don't, know what, I don't know what he's referring to. But Sean of course Taylor never was really, knocking the punter out in the Pro Bowl. He's never really like he's never specific about it either. You know, he's just kind of vaguely ranting on and it's just all about, you know, the Mr. McMahon character. Sure. It's absolutely bizarre. It's also hysterical to look back and realize that he did this with no television deal in place, like at all. <laughs> they focus on this in the documentary, but like he left the restaurant, got into his limo, and that's when Dick Ebersol, the guy in charge of like NBC's sports programming, called him. Like he saw the press conferences, like, oh well, we can do that, and called Vince and agreed to like set up a TV deal to put the XFL on the air. Like, he just walked out, cut a promo on the NFL. That could have been the end of it if nobody signed up to put it on television. <laughs> Man, I wish I could have that kind of power. It's Yeah, it's pretty I'm impressive. I'm just going to go and cut a promo, and then a bunch of this is going to happen. It worked. That's the crazy thing. So That's awesome. now we're going to move on to number two, uh, which is the promotion for the thing. Specifically, uh, the advertisements and, and the, the ways that they went about it. So – there's a uh, there's an NBC marketing representative that I talked to who was like, so my job was to get you hyped up for the XFL using our commercials, except we didn't know anything about the XFL. We didn't know what it was. We didn't know, you know, XFL infamously does not stand for anything. It's not an acronym like National Football League. It's just left there because it's extreme. But like they don't call it the extreme football league. That's not what it's called. It's just the XFL. So this guy has nothing to go on, but he sits around and he's like, okay, well, we know it's supposed to be really, really cool and really tough. So they shoot these vignettes that again, like if Vince McMahon opened the league by cutting a promo, these are just wrestling vignettes, right? Like it's video of football players, like running hurdles, except they're like landmines that are exploding behind them, <laughs> you know? And like, instead of doing offensive line drills where they push a sled, this guy pushes a Mack truck, you know, and like picks it up in the air with his bare feet and it's pouring down rain, you know, and the, they're playing at nighttime and the lights are shining on them in the pouring rain. And at the very end, you know, the only thing that they've ever really like announced or set in stone, the words flash on the screen one at a time, like it's an action movie. It says, no, ba bum fair, ba bum catches <laughs> and then it shows a guy catch a punt and get hit by a wrecking ball and knocked off screen that, that's the best part 
and again, because it's because people didn't know about CTE, they're just like, yeah, no fair catch, no fair catches. This is going to be great. That's that still a fun like, thing to have now. Yeah, sounds sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> sounds like a great idea, and you know, it it's just so clearly like attitude era football, like the dumbest, jockiest. The other thing they have, this is the other thing they have, is they have the XFL cheerleaders, which are just Nitro Girls. Like, that's all they are. It's like they brought them out of retirement. <laughs> they couldn't dance as good as Nitro Girls. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm sorry. We've got Dime Store Nitro Girls. It's okay. Fair enough. I'm telling you, man, oh, the Night Girls could word. go. I, I'll take your word for it, I guess. But, you know, I... It, they're new. They all just got recruited from Hooters. Maybe they would have learned how to dance. Who's to say? But the other thing, the other thing about this first round of promotion, which again is just extreme, you know, early 2000s extreme dialed all the way up to 11, just absolute attitude era nonsense. The other thing that they did is they got a blimp. And, you know, no big deal. Everybody has a blimp, like the Goodyear blimp. You know, right. you love it. You see it in real life and you're like, hey, something big's going down. Like, that's kind of cool. Except yeah. they got the blimp. And they designed it to look exactly like the XFL football, like it was black with the red <laughs> markings on it. And they were going to have it like go up and fly over the NFL game. I, I don't remember if it was the Super Bowl or another big game because there was still some time. You know, it was almost a year before the league kicked off or whatever. Except, which is like, this is a great idea, genuinely. I kind of love that. That's a great thing to see at the NFL game. Obviously, the NFL broadcast, like, wouldn't put it on TV, but it's great publicity. You see it, you know it's there, and it's a fun kind of na 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 thumb your nose at the NFL kind of move. It crashed. <laughs> it almost crashed into the river, which would have been like a little bit more tragic i don't know but instead it crashed into a seafood restaurant like on the bank of the river in this city and instead of the pr being like oh look at the upstart xfl with their brilliant marketing it was like hey look at the football blimp that crashed into this restaurant what a bunch of jabronis that was the press that they got the, like the the first significant press outside of Here's Vince McMahon, this walking cartoon character, kind of ranting about something in a restaurant that he owns and commercials with explosions and scantily clad women. Yeah, I don't, it was a I don't deflated know. Deflated football. I don't know if crashed that's, into a seafood restaurant. Yeah, I don't know if that's the the uh, the, the idea there. <laughs> that's about what Vince said. That's the other great thing about this documentary that I'm assuming we've all watched, and if not, you absolutely should, is they have Vince as one of the talking heads throughout the entire thing, and he's just like, yeah, in retrospect, maybe we should have considered that an omen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very funny to hear coming from Vince McMahon. So the third thing. All right, I, I do want to say that in this documentary, yep. the best talking head by far is JR. Like – I think by far, like everything he says, I just think is amazing in that documentary. <laughs> I have a couple other, I have a couple other honorable mentions for best talking oh, no. heads, but we'll get to that. Yeah, there, there's, there's definitely some good ones. There's a lot of good stuff. So the third thing, which again, like rewatching this with season two in mind, I kind of knew, but I didn't know to this extent he hired Jesse Ventura to be one of the color commentators, right? And yeah. I knew that, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, wrestling personality, that makes sense. He was the governor at the time. 
I completely I didn't know that the first time I watched this. You're just like, oh yeah, you know they've worked together. That makes sense. He was right. the sitting governor, right, of the state. Like, can you imagine that happening today? Yep. That's like oh, like we talk about Donald Trump as president being involved in a WrestleMania angle. That's what the, that's almost what this is. Yeah, well, I mean, Donald I Trump just, just spent today uh, riding the car in the Daytona 500, which is awesome. <laughs> I can't believe every president hasn't done that. If I, dude, if he, every other president sitting there going like, we could have done that, and they never <laughs> took advantage of it. I'm just laughing at imagining him crashing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't driving. No, I know. <laughs> what if he was? Just straight into the wall so... at like. <laughs> I'm, I would laugh. I'm sorry. I, I would. I would that laugh. That sounds like a. That sounds like a comedy. That'll. Oh, jeez. Anyway, you, so yeah, we're so on a gold just... mine. Write that down too. That's another script. No kidding. My goodness. That's that's a Will Ferrell movie right there. So oh, easily. So anyway. That's that's really yeah. That's all I have to say on Jesse Ventura for now. We're gonna get to more a little bit later, but like. Oh, wow. That's just so wild that a sitting politician, a governor, was like, no, 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 I got time. Yeah, of course, I can make it work. (laughs) And not for like a respectable, established promotion like the NFL. No, 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 no. We're doing this for the for Vince McMahon's football extravaganza. It's just it's incredible to imagine. And by the way, this is not one of my like 10 points on the list or whatever. But there were conversations had by people in Connecticut and at NBC about what exactly this was. And there was some point in time where Vince had to sit down and be like, no, 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 they're actually going to play football. Like, I'm not (laughs) – we're not going to make worked football. That's not what this is. Because, like, up until this point, like, if you didn't know, you've just seen Vince McMahon make the announcement from the WWE restaurant – forgiven for thinking this was just the wrestling angle sure until nbc got involved but even then you're like wait so is this just like a spinoff is this like another brand of wrestling and he had like it took some time to convince people no 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 no. like this is this is actual football they're playing the game (laughs) (laughs) which is just very funny to imagine to me because i feel like you would never quite know for sure if you're nbc in that situation but The fourth thing I want to talk about as we get to the actual season starting off is something that we've actually touched on on the show in the past, and that's the scramble. The scramble was the idea that – I love it. Right. You know, Vince McMahon, first of all, to to start the game, first of all, you know, he trots out onto the field pretty much in character and says, you know, the very famous, this is the XFL. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL. That's what I was hoping for earlier. It really like earlier. sinks his throat into that L, you know, and <laughs> it's great when you watch the documentary because like everybody they're interviewing does that because they all really wanted to do it because it's really fun to do. <laughs> and then he brings out, oh man, I forget who it is. Dad gummit. Some really famous former football player, right? who's like an NFL Hall of Famer, who's now on the XFL payroll, and stands there in the middle of the field and say, you know, in the NFL, they decide who gets the ball with a coin toss. No way, Jose. We're going to compete from the ball from the very beginning. 
and they introduce the scramble. Yes. And the scramble is the idea that you set the ball up on a tee at midfield and you take the two fastest guys on each team and you line them up, I think like, you know, 20 yards away from the ball and you let them run for it. And whoever gets the ball first, their team gets the ball, you know? And I remember watching this for the first time whenever it came out a few years ago and thinking, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Why doesn't everyone do this? And then it cuts not to the first ever scramble. It was actually the first scramble in the second game, the B game, where both players sprint for the football. The fastest guy on one team dives for it, misses, lands awkwardly, and tears his ACL. And he's done for the season, everyone. <laughs> he's gone. His career's over. He spent months getting ready for this. His second chance, and he's done. He's 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 done. They go on to say they're Brilliant. like, yeah, uh, we didn't think that through, but it turns out 60 percent of scrambles in the first four weeks had somebody suffer a severe injury. <laughs> it turns out sprinting, diving and stopping suddenly not great for your body, but it uh, looked awesome. It did. It's a great idea on paper. And I understand exactly why they thought it would be great. And it, because you hear it and you're like, perfect. That's amazing. I love it. And then what now, happens in real what life they should happens have done, to you. Yeah. Uh, sorry. What they should have done is just gotten like one of the quarterbacks or, or something. Or no, no, no. It would have been better not with the quarterback. Get like a random coach or something or a fan <laughs> from the crowd and have them just throw the ball up in the air and have like the two best receivers like just play 500. Ooh. I think that's a good idea. I do too, but I feel like then you're you're encountering the same problem where like nah. it only takes one guy blowing his knee out. Oh, please. Funny. You can blow your knee out running out of the tunnel. Well, if that ever happens, they're probably going to stop doing that too. <laughs> oh man! So that's no okay. Nothing's better than Ted Ginn Jr. breaking his ankle after returning the opening kick for a touchdown in the national championship game in 2006 versus Florida. Immediately breaking his ankle after scoring a touchdown in the celebration as his teammates jumped on him, and then yeah. and then Ohio State gets decimated by Florida. Now. That would have happened regardless, but I'd still just think that's hilarious. Yeah, that's rough, you know? But, like, it just it, – it makes me laugh because, one, the same thing that happens to you watching this documentary for the first time is exactly what happened in real life where you're like, this is a great idea. Why didn't anyone else think of this? Oh, 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 dear. That's uh, why. Uh, that's why. Maybe there's a reason – Things are done the way that they're done. That's going to be a common theme here when it comes to the XFL. It just really encompasses the whole league in a microcosm, right? So the fifth thing I want to talk about that they pointed out uh, are the cameras involved. The entire pitch of this XFL, and it's something they've sort of continued in season two, they want to give you unprecedented access right that's kind of the whole point so they've got cameras on the field they've got cameras in the players faces while they're on the bench they're interviewing people on the bench during the game which again is what they do now like pat mcafee you yeah know, running after people it's awesome fire. yeah it's, it's cool it's a nice touch the players get super annoyed by it oh yeah they do I, second, I don't know if it's like, gonna last but it's it's a lot I of fun for now deal with it yeah i don't you know it, it, that's fine i don't care about that but they also have a couple real, really innovative ideas. For example, the Skycam. Yep. 
this is something that like again they had to sit down and explain to the people at NBC exactly what this was and the only way they could do it was eventually they put on Madden the video game and said look this is what people are used to seeing this is what kids see when they play football in Madden the camera is up in the sky flying around above and behind the players let's yep. figure out a way to make that happen and they did like this is something they talk about later in the documentary but the reason that like skycam exists it's because the xfl was tinkering around and figured yep. out a way to do it that's why it's on the nfl games and the college football games which mm -hmm. is really cool it is the other camera they came up with was the bubba cam yeah poor guy the bubba cam was right you know the idea that well let's just let I think, you know, NBC was like, well, if we want to have, you know, really up close personal access, we can put cameramen on the sidelines and that'll be like the next best thing to having them actually on the field. And then Vince, of course, was like, well, why don't we just put them on the field? Let's do that. It'll be great. <laughs> and NBC's cameraman, he's one of the talking heads. He's like, so I set up this rig like I got the equipment worked out for us to do it. And I told him how much, you know, because I think they're independent contractors. He's like, I told them how much I would be charging to do it. And Vince said, that's ridiculous. That's too expensive. I can, I can get Bubba to do that. Bubba's my cameraman. He films wrestling all the time. He's used to it. It's dangerous. He'll be great. So they brought it to Bubba, Vince's special cameraman. And Bubba said, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Because, <laughs> you know, in wrestling, I know what they're going to do and I can move around them. And on a live football field, I'm just going to get hit. I'm not going to do that. So they ended up hiring the original cameraman and paying him like a double bonus to work on the football field. Yep. It doesn't look great like the limited footage I saw of it, which is probably why they didn't keep doing it. It's not smooth and controlled like the Skycam. It kind of just looks like a guy running for his life. Yeah. On a football field. So good idea in theory. Yeah. Doesn't really work in practice. Another but thing that they've improved on with XFL Season 2 where what they they do have the guys who literally run out onto the field with the cameras in between the plays and are like filming the team line up for the snap yeah, on the field cool. and yeah. then like sprinting off as the play is starting. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I but think again, that's a better way to do it. Yeah, for sure. And so they don't have to wear football pads. Right, exactly. I'm sure they appreciate it a lot more. And uh so that brings us to, you know, we, we, we've got to the kickoff. We've covered how they're presenting the game. And now we're going to get to number six, which is the only actual great thing to come from any of this. By far the most iconic moment, the in most iconic person in the entire XFL. And that is, of course, he hate me. Yeah, we talked uh, about this last week. Yeah, the man born Rod Smart. Th this is OK. This is the thing. That XFL season one did really well in the way they really distinguished themselves from the NFL. Vince is like, oh, the NFL's, you know, people call it the no fun league and they don't let players have their own personalities. We're, we're going to let them have their own personalities. That's great. That's really fun. Sure. And um, this is the only guy who really got it. And that's kind of what they talk about that. There's one or two people who are like, no, he. He figured this out from day one. I don't know if he was a wrestling fan, but he had the wrestling mentality because he saw this chance they had, which, you know, the XFL version one let players put nicknames on their back, like stuff to help them stand out, you know, and kind of try and cultivate this personality because the football games are, are shoot football games, but they're trying to find a way to like create some sort of like hyper 
aggressive narrative around football the same way they did in the Attitude Era with wrestling. So by putting the camera in players' faces, by letting players express themselves, you're trying to create new personalities, get people invested in the product. That's brilliant, and it makes perfect sense. And this guy got it. And there's a great moment where he's out there, and he can he says he can hear the fans the first game chanting, he hate me, he hate me, because it's just the best nickname. Like everyone is, in the building before he did anything saw it and was like, Oh, that's awesome. That's yep. great. That's and every other one. player is like, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> right. And they add, you know, so this is before the game even starts. He's sitting there and he's like, I can hear the fans out there chanting, he hate me. And it's like music to my ears. And the one thing I keep thinking in my mind is I got a ball. <laughs> like He's done all this. <laughs> and he's like, OK, great. It worked. Now I got to do a good job. And right. luckily for he hate me, he's also a pretty dang good football player. Yeah. So he did. He, he was worthy of the title. That's the best way I can put that of all the fame. And he, he was basically Mr. XFL. That's how one person put it. Like that's the image that took off. It's just absolutely iconic. Like he understood exactly what they were doing. And when the game ends, you can tell this is what they were like. This is perfect. This is exactly what we wanted to see happen. And they pull him aside and he's got this like he's got an afro. He just looks like a he hate me. He looks great. And they're like, why do you call yourself? He hate me. And it's like they scripted it for him. It's like he's Velveteen Dream 20 years before his time. <laughs> he just goes like he just gets it. He's like, because they all hate me, man. He hate me, and he hate me. And when I run past him, he hate me. And his girlfriend, she hate me. And I run by all them. He hate me. He hate me. He hate me. And you just see Vince in the truck like, yes! Yes, this is it! It's incredible. It's genuinely great. Just go look that up. I cannot believe that XFL is not selling. I, I know, like, the team he was a part of doesn't exist anymore. I cannot believe they're not selling He Hate Me jerseys on yeah. XFL Shop right now. So many people would buy one. It's such a great way to just Including make a Harris. little money. I probably would. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. It's great. And this is like genuinely – this is the best thing that the XFL did Like was stuff like this. Like try to create this – meta wrestling style narrative within football without like tweaking the football too much and it's just it's a shame that not more people kind of picked up on this and were able to deliver that because he hate me was able to deliver that and if they had had a few more people like him i don't know maybe it wouldn't have been better television but that's the kind of stuff that i wish they would bring back in season two yeah it's just get nice. a little bit more colorful with it um, Jazz Ferguson, man, just come out with musical notes dude, as that, your name. Yes. I would buy that. Oh, man. See, Jazz, yeah, this is why we talked about the names last week. But speaking of... No, that was of, a few weeks ago. Speaking of colorful, uh, it's time for number seven. Number seven is the cheerleaders. Specifically, you know, the, the way they were shot. Now, oh, NFL cheerleaders, look, these, you know, cheerleaders in college have the most excuse they're doing something that's actually like it is literally functionally cheerleading and, have a, tra and a tradition and there's a bunch megaphones. that goes into it right. and, and it's the student right. section and right. they have specific cheers i mean like we know all of them from exactly. uga games where like i love the ones where 
the, the front, at least first viewers of the student segment, but start doing the same hand motions just because it's the same cheers that you yep. just know at that point. So that always was fun. Exactly. And the, you know, there's some structure to it. It's a little bit silly and it's like a weird tradition that we have, but it's a very football thing. Like high school, college cheerleaders are literally leading cheers. They're also the like NFL. actual students and so are still in a way a part of correct and and with the student section like everyone including the players they're all a actual part of this same organization so it's a little bit there's that interactive element in high school and college as well that just isn't there in professional leagues correct because by contrast like say nfl cheerleaders this is this is the no fun league remember the nfl cheerleaders really just kind of there uh they, they they dance and you cut to them, you know, before and after commercial breaks, and they're smiling and they're shaking their pom poms and having a good time. Great, more power to you. It's not really like an integral part of the fan experience. Not even every NFL team has cheerleaders. Oh, I didn't know that, but it doesn't yeah, not surprise all of them me. Do okay. So just take the concept of the NFL cheerleader and uh, do what we've done with everything else in the XFL, which is just snort a big line of cocaine. And say, how can we make this more interesting? Damn it! You just th- you just make them nitro girls. That's the answer. Wait, wait, so wait, 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 wait. Take, take yep. a pause here. Yeah. What what year was this, Harris? Uh, I believe it was the year two thousand and one. Um, has anyone watched WWE programming in the year two thousand and one? Mm. What was happening with the mm. the uh, female participants? And that mm. is a good idea of the way the XFL <laughs> went. That that's exactly the way that they went. I like first of all, I, I just want to point this out. They went out of their way to encourage the players to date the cheerleaders and the cheerleaders to date the players. Which again just contributes to this whole sense of like if not worked football, like definitely reality TV football. Which yep, definitely. Again, that doesn't offend me on paper. That just kind of makes sense. Like they would do stuff like if, you know, Vince's conception of it was like if the quarterback, I want the quarterback to be dating this cheerleader so that when the quarterback throws an interception, we've got a guy that runs straight to that cheerleader and demands an explanation. Like he's trying to weave. <laughs> yeah, I love it, that, though. It's demented, but it's incredible, isn't it? We're weaving all of this like trashy reality tv programming into a football game um harris hold on i want to pause you pause at you again have you watched wwe in the year 2001 (laughs) i'm just saying there's no difference no there's not and that's what's so weird about this is your brain kind of recognizes it if you're a wrestling fan but it doesn't like (laughs) It's so weird to see it like on mainstream American television in the context of a football game. You know what I mean? And it was just it was so different. It's if you so ever weird. if you ever want to like maybe have an idea of what normal people think of like wrestling, it's mm. basically like look at the XFL. And yeah. then it's like with everything else stripped away, it's like, "Oh, that's what they think." <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but like, this is, this is the best story. And this is, this is my nomination for the best talking head in the XFL documentary. It's the 
play-by-play commentator who, bless him, is just some schmuck from NBC. Because NBC kind of smartly was immediately like, well, this is going to be insane and a little risque. We should probably not put like our NFL broadcasters on this. So they hired, you know, they hired other guys who were like kind of from the the minor leagues of broadcasting. I guess you probably know more about that than I would because you're more familiar with how the industry works. But they have this guy and he's basically, you know, he's the he's the Michael Cole of the XFL. Like he's just he's the he's the bland play by play guy who calls the game. And before this, before the first game, you know, um, the the NBC executive, Vince's friend who was in all this, Dick Ebersol, he knew that this is kind of what they were going to go for. Like they were going to push the envelope a little bit and be a little bit tawdry and, you know, lean into the, for lack of a better word, like attitude era, dumb sexualization of the XFL cheerleaders, right? Like all the promos have been based on that. It's what the advertising is. It's what they're going to deliver. And he takes the commentator aside before the game starts and says, listen, if you see anything that like you're not comfortable with, if that's pushing the envelope a little bit, just stay away from it. Like, don't address it because we're going to have it there. But, you know, we're going to try to like on, you know, on commentary, we're going to steer away from it a little bit. Right. Like kind of, you know, have our cake and eat it, too. We're just not going to harp on it. Like as far as commentary goes. Right. He's not gonna. We're gonna, try, like that's, we're gonna try and keep in, in you're, we're gonna try keep some sort of level of professionalism somewhere. Exactly, some semblance of decency, right? And the same guy, he said, and about ten minutes after I finished that meeting, and you know, it's before the game, we're all doing our prep, we got different things going on. Vince McMahon takes me aside, and he says, "Listen, this is America. You're gonna hit it. You're gonna hit it hard. All right, really go for it." <laughs> And he's like, great. So we pick back up from commercial, and I'm, I'm quoting this guy, this this poor guy who like is just looking for a big break in the broadcasting industry, and he thinks he's found it. And he says, and we come back from commercial, and here's the thing you're taught in, in broadcasting about like cheerleaders or anything that really involves the female body. There's really one very basic rule of thumb, and that's that you keep a face on it. Right. So if you're showing cheerleaders on the sidelines, you show their full body or you show their face, you know, from like the waist up, waving their pom poms and smiling. You don't dehumanize them. Right. Right. So we come back from the commercial break and it's just boom, right on the rack, like neck down, (laughs) neck to navel, zooming in and out, like just of her hip shaking (laughs) and her tatas bouncing around and nothing else. And the guy is like, and I've got, I've got Dick in my left ear in one truck saying, Hey, remember what we talked about? Steer clear, right? Don't say anything. And I've got Vince in my other ear in another trailer saying, Hey, remember what we talked about? This is America. Hit it, hit it hard. Let's go. Perfect. And the guy's like, and what I said just managed to piss both of them off and it cuts (laughs) to the air. It cuts to the broadcast from the game, and this poor guy just goes, "Well, I'm I'm uncomfortable." <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. Man alive! All righty then. Those suits are something else.
that's so which perfect. Is, which is kind of the worst thing that they could have said. Oh, by but far. It's incredible. By far. Because oh. you, yeah. So, and then they just you go just, back to, you, you know, just, back You just act like everything's normal, man. Like, you just act like everything's normal. You just, we'll just, you just move about... on. You talk about the last play. You talk about the last exactly. drive. Like, just, just move Here's... on. Exactly. Like, here's the score. Here's the game plan. And instead, it's like three seconds of dead audio. And then this guy going, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's as weird as it amazing. could possibly be. So, that week one is in the books. It's a huge hit. Fans tune in. They do monster ratings. Everyone. Well, you know, it, it looks like a big success. But they, they look at each other and they say, listen. We had monster viewership, a lot of enthusiasm this first week. It's because we've been promoting this thing and promoting it hard for months. <laughs> if we don't deliver the product, not only will those it was it was millions of viewers, like it was a ton of viewers. Not only will there be a drop off, it might be even even though our initial numbers were higher than we expected. If we don't deliver on our product the drop-off might be even steeper than we expected. And that's something we have to be aware of. So going into week two, they're thinking, look, we really need something big to happen here. And luckily for them, well, first, so their back was a little bit, not quite against the wall, it's still early, but they're going to be in the spotlight. They want to deliver because the games week one just weren't that great. And they're on NBC Prime time. So they are the lead in to Saturday Night Live. It's a Saturday Night Live starring Jennifer Lopez. It's a massive episode, massive block of entertainment for NBC. Really, really big deal. Huge gift for the XFL. And the game they have is awesome. It's a barn burner. There's yeah. a lot more offense than the first week. It's a lot more tighter, a lot more action back and forth. And then the power goes out oh i know i know we've talked about this on the show in the past and i know you have you have more experience in um like in in production than i do right because i know you actually do this for a living but i will just say like i I told you that story a few weeks ago about when i was in the the play in high school in the musical and that moment when you're backstage and you realize that the lead singer, the star of the show has forgotten the words to the song (laughs) and he's alone and he's just drowning. Right. And there's nothing you can do. I can only imagine the sense of panic was something akin to that. I don't know if you've ever had anything this bad happen or if you can, if you can shed a light on, cause you know what caused this, like what exactly happened? Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Wait, what wh- what are you asking for me to explain? Have you ever had anything go this horribly wrong? No, because I've never question. been on a, a platform of any importance, really. <laughs> so, now, if you're asking, has this type of thing happened? Yes, all the time, because of the level <laughs> of platform that I'm on. But it doesn't matter, like, so it's not a big deal. Like, I remember one of the games something was going on with the station and they're like, yeah, we won't be able to be on until the third inning. And I was like, uh, well, well, okay. So I went down into the dugout with the team and just sat there with my score book for three innings. 
and uh, many times you're just on the air. Today it happened. I was doing a softball game, and I'm like, it's like halfway through the second game of a doubleheader, and then the producer comes in and is like, hey, Mark, you can take a break. I have to reboot the computer. It's like, oh, okay, all right, just middle of an at-bat. Uh, yeah, the computer overheated. We have to redo it. Uh, okay. okay, all right, fine. You know, a hundred people maybe watch, so it's not a big deal. But right. this type of thing, yes, it happens all the time, but not usually on nationwide TV. That's the difference. Okay. So the difference is, like, for my example, it's a dumb little high school play at a school with, you know, like 100 kids per grade. If one kid blanks on the lyrics on a random Thursday night, it's very funny for us and a little funny for the audience, and nobody cares. Right. Because you never see somebody in a Broadway show come on stage, take a deep breath, open their mouth, and forget the words. Yep. Because that's insane. Of course you don't. That's what happened to the XFL. (laughs) And it's incredible to watch them talk about it because the trucks went dead, the monitors blacked out, the signal on everyone's TV nationwide just went to standby, and everyone just loses their mind. (laughs) They have no idea what's happening. They can't figure out how to get back up. They're trying to reboot the system. They're probably trying to see if they overheated the computers or whatever. At, at some point, they panic. So so after the first week, by the way, hang on, just pause this story for a second. Let me tell you this background. After the first week, that poor play-by-play commentary who just like blanked on the air looking at this woman like shaking her tatas around and couldn't think of anything to say, after that game, Vince pulled him aside and when I say pulled him aside like he like somebody came into the booth and was like hey Vince wants to see you and then he walked across an empty football field into a parking lot and there was a white limo parked in the parking lot with the door open and he just got inside and Vince McMahon was sitting inside that's where you know there's a little thought where you're like am I gonna die that's what he said (laughs) he was like I felt like I was gonna get like hit over the head and wake up tied to a chair but Vince was like, you're just not getting it. You know, we, we need somebody with a little more color. So we're going to we're going to bring on Jr. and we're going to put you on the B show. So this poor guy is shipped off to like the secondary game that isn't on primetime until the power goes out. And eventually, in a panic, they are able to switch, you know, the, the nationwide like NBC or whoever, the people who aren't at the truck switch to the B game. Right. And this guy is like. Well, okay, I'm back. He's right. back on now, national TV. I, I need to I need to clarify because I I was like, no, I know who this is. Yeah, this is Matt Vaskersian. Okay, so, big time ESPN broadcaster, baseball like a uh, Sunday night baseball. Like, okay. you know, he he's big deal now. Okay, well, good for him, yeah, man. So that's no, good. It, like, you know, it, it turned out fine, but okay, but yeah. Well, that's good. So he 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 got a little bit of twisted satisfaction from that, but he's also like. I think I, I hearing about it now, I think I really underestimated the sheer panic that gripped everyone in Los Angeles. <laughs> and at some point they they get of course this is this is absolutely a choice on the part of the director. They get Vince McMahon to explain what the problem is. Vince McMahon has to explain and somebody forgot to put gasoline in the generators that powered the trailers. Oh, I love it. I love he it. He was 
he's so mad and it's so funny because he's Vince McMahon and like you just I'm I'm pretty sure like somebody from NBC knows whose fault this was and has not told Vince McMahon because I think to this day Vince McMahon might try to kill them (laughs) in 2001 he absolutely would have tried he absolutely would have tried to kill them it's it's absolutely hysterical I I, it's I love it so much. By the time they got the generators filled back up, they got back on the air. Well, then a player got hurt. And, you know, you can't help it. You hate to see that happen. But there's a part of these guys' brains, Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon, that are like, we are supposed to be off the air at 11 o'clock so we can kick it to J-Lo hosting Saturday Night Right. Which should never happen. Wait, uh, sorry, you went out just for carted off the field. Hey, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's gone in and out. Hello. A little bit. Can you hear me? Uh, Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Now. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Weird. Okay. I don't know how how well it's gonna go, but uh, just uh, keep keep going. just keep going. Yeah, uh, you, you were, you were, right. So then, you anyway, you were, you were talking about the uh, how they needed to be off the air, right? And then a player gets hurt, and they have to cart him off, and it takes about twenty minutes, and you can't rush that sort of thing. And then the game goes to double overtime. They left poor, like poor Jayla was sitting in a green room in New York City for an hour, waiting to start hosting Saturday Night Live, which kind of in name it's got to be live right. and they were like yeah i don't think saturday night live actually got started until like one o'clock on sunday morning <laughs> like they just couldn't they weren't going to cut away from the game because they had a broadcast commitment to the sporting event right but people were very very angry and already like it was the best game that they had and because somebody forgot to fill up the generators it left a really terrible taste in people's mouths between the blackout you know, they piss off a lot of the fans running late. They piss off a lot of people at NBC. J-Lo was not reached for comment, but I imagine she was not super thrilled about that. Probably that would have been really funny if they had her as a talking head. But oh, that yeah, she, been funny. she couldn't be bothered. She thinks she's too good for the XFL. So she is. That brings us to the, the, the thing I the thing I wanted to talk about. The, the main reason I was inspired to do this as my topic. And that's the work. Now, they, did, they didn't get around to working the football games. They knew that would be a step too far. You know, they promised shoot football games, and they're going to deliver that. But what they do start to do is really cloy for the ratings because there was a drop-off. They didn't really hit a home run in week two. People were promised a lot of blood and sex and violence, like basically attitude-era football. And what they got instead was like bad reality TV and – bad football and there was nobody like there's some stuff about the attitude era that was cheesy and offensive and dumb but it also had the rock and stone cold and dx and like iconic characters and moments to follow and the xfl didn't really have that it was just the attitude era with no substance it was all sizzle and no steak there wasn't even like good football to tune into mm-hmm. that's true so they start do you know vince does the only thing he really knows how to do, which is lean into the wrestling. 
So he's got JR and Jerry the King Lawler as the color commentators. He's got Jesse Ventura running around on the field yelling at coaches. Like, a coach loses a game, <laughs> right? And Jesse Ventura is running after him trying to get an interview. Like, what do you think happened out there? Your players quit on you. What do you have to say? And the coach is like, dude, I don't want it. I don't want to talk to you. This isn't what football is. I didn't sign up for this and like runs off. And when I say like he's trying to interview him, the mic is live to the stadium. So it's not just like to the people at home. It's like he's running after the coach in the stadium with the mic on going, coach, coach, what do you think happened out there? And the guy's like, I'm not doing this. And Jesse Ventura gets on the mic and says to, you know, the hundreds of people in the stadium i got him intimidated for sure he's too scared to talk to me see the way he ran out of here <laughs> it's like dude you're ripping your own employee right now like i don't know what you think this accomplishes but it's it's a lot of stuff like that like there's videos they have of the rock cutting promos on anyone who doesn't like the xfl like, that's the thing that happened. He's doing the whole – he's the rock. He's doing the whole shtick. He's like, the rock's got something to say and all those Rudy Pooh candy asses who think they're too good to watch the XFL. And it's like, dude, I don't think that's the problem. Like, this is not fixing anything. It's just weird, like, ranting. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just a spiral. And the crowning achievement of all of this is when Vince McMahon – Re, like steps onto the field becomes a part of the show and in like it's like it's like between you know possessions or something they cut down to the sideline and mr mcmahon is talking to the cameramen and the cheerleaders and he announces that during next week's game he's going to send the cameraman into the cheerleaders locker room Ah, uh, it's wonderful. And like, oh man, it's something, right? It's it's just, it's just, it's perfect. It really it's, is. Like it's, it, it's so, it's just so attitude. It's it's so perfect. It's just so perfect for our show. It's so perfect for our show. That's the best way to put it. It's so Vince McMahon. It's so attitude yes. era. Yes. Yes. And yes, like it so. Is. At some point, like you so said, the next week's football broadcast, again, like from the beginning, they've been trying to weave this like reality television storytelling into it. But it just it becomes even more apparent than it ever has been before now. With like the quote uh, verbatim, like from the from the guy from the play by play commentator who's like, you know, about to hand it down to the guy on the field or whatever, you know, like you do for a real football game. He says, and I quote, some have called it an unprecedented television event. Others have called it a desperate attempt to save sagging ratings. Again, you're on the show, dude. Like this is your <laughs> I don't know why they're trashing their own product like this, but it is very funny that they were this aware of it. Like this is the most Vince McMahon has. This is the most self-aware he's ever been because they have this whole storyline about, oh, we're going to send the cameraman into the cheerleaders locker room and like the entire in storyline rationale for doing it. It's not because like Vince is a pervy old man. He's literally like, yeah, ratings are down and I need you to go get me ratings. <laughs> it's very right. weird. Right. Like they don't do that. Imagine if they did that on Monday night raw, if he was actually like, Hey, you guys clearly hate Roman reigns and ratings are way down. So we're going to have Daniel Bryan fight him and hope that gets the ratings back up. 
<laughs> it's just weirdly naked. It's very funny, but it's just weird that he's never done that for wrestling, but he's doing it for football. So they've got – they cut like down to the – you know, down to the tunnel and Vince McMahon is giving the cameraman like a pep talk and it's the guy dressed in all his Bubba Cam gear, you know, like the field cam guy. And he's like, <laughs> all right, now go get me ratings. And he grabs him and he runs him forward and the guy crashes into the door and knocks himself unconscious. <laughs> and then we like kind of fade away. And and now we're 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 not in the locker room, but we're seeing like this guy's fantasy of what the locker room looks like. Which, if a smarter man was pushing this, I'd be like, ah, oh, that's clever because in a real locker room, it's just people putting on different clothes. But you know, here they're you know they're all like naked and just barely covered by different things, and they're all really flirty with the cameraman. And you know, like you feel like one or two of them might be kissing when the camera is not looking you know just very hyper sexualized very very cheesy but like if you told the average 13 year old that was watching wrestling in 2001 that you were going to go into the cheerleaders locker room it's exactly what you would expect right sure at one point uh rodney dangerfield comes walking out of the shower in a towel he's just <laughs> hanging out why not which <laughs> why not and he like he does his Rodney Dangerfield shtick, but it doesn't, like, there's no joke. It was like they were just like, hey, say a Rodney Dangerfield thing. And he's like, uh, you know, when I played football, I got no respect. And they're like, cut, great, that's perfect, let's use that. Because that's all he says. And then it just kind of stops, and we cut back to him unconscious. And Vince McMahon yelling at him, telling him to wake up. And then we go back to the game. Yay. And that what was What a perfect way to feed us right back to the game. And the rate the ratings did not did not recover. Let's put it that way. This was not this was not like Mick Foley wins the WWF championship <laughs> in terms of an attempt to re-grab the people's interest. It, it didn't really work. Uh ratings continued to be in the toilet. They didn't do any more of this stuff. It got a lot of backlash. Like, apparently, that was a bridge too far, even for Vince and the XFL. Uh, they got to the end of the season. NBC is looking around saying, hey, we we paid these guys for two years of television time. And there are, like, tens of thousands of people watching every week. We really need to get out of this deal. So they basically begged Vince McMahon to get out of the deal. And that brings us to that brings us to number ten, which is the end of the XFL, and the Bob Costas interview with oh Vince McMahon, because Bob Costas is just the the biggest heel of this entire documentary. He's just he doesn't know that he's doing it or care, but he is playing the arrogant heel to a T. He's sitting up there on his throne. Yep. He's saying, well, I thought from the beginning that the XFL was just ridiculous, you know, cause NBC is a prestigious organization and we cover the Olympics and Sunday night football. And this is, you know, the, the Memphis maniacs. I mean, come on, you know, he's, he's just yucking it up. So as the XFL is coming to a close and it's pretty clear that it's bombed spectacularly, he has Vince McMahon as a guest on his HBO show. And it's, it's very funny to watch Vince McMahon sort of A, be in character, 
but also be be like the put upon baby face who's kind of in over his head. Because look, I, I don't know if it's made clear by what you know about it or what we've said when we talked about it. Like the XFL bombed; it didn't work. And no, I I respect no. some of the things he tried to do. You know, again, he hate me. Great. There's some really interesting potential for storytelling there. But like the cheerleaders stuff, the no fair catches stuff, like we they didn't know that was as bad of an idea as we know it is now. But the the problem with it, which they really they they make a good job of articulating, is like we we promised all of this crazy stuff and then we just delivered like bad football games and nothing like nothing of substance to make up for it. You know what I mean? And the condescension of like, you know, having Jesse Ventura yelling at players on the sidelines and these dumb cheerleader storylines, which again are dumb when wrestling does stuff like this too. But at least in wrestling, like you have charismatic stars doing interesting things on other parts of the card that make it, if not like great, at least you can ignore it. There wasn't anything like that here. So Bob Costas just sits down and just grills him. And it's funny to watch because you know the XFL was a bad idea and like he makes a lot of good points. He's like, this is just like, this is just tawdry sex and stupid violence and you don't have any quality product to deliver here. But also kind of understand that Bob Costas hates Vince McMahon and doesn't like wrestling and didn't like this wrestling man in his sports world and is taking it out on him for that reason. And I defy anyone as a wrestling fan to watch this interview and not like get weirdly defensive of Vince McMahon because Vince can tell he's like, you're clearly you're just like, I don't have to put up with this elitist crap because I entertain millions of people every week that don't mind what I do. And Bob Costas just thinks he's better than him and thinks he's better than us because we're wrestling fans. And he thinks that like all that Vince McMahon knows how to do is like you said, the dumb, you know, this is what people think that wrestling is. That's clearly what Bob Costas thinks that wrestling is. Right. And it's a weird note to end on. Cause if it were any other person, you'd be able to like sit back and laugh at Vince McMahon and kind of ending the story of XFL season one on that note. You're like, man, I hope he does do it again. And Bob Costas is kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and I That's hope true. they do put WrestleMania on Fox and I hope it does great ratings this spring. Like it, it makes you weirdly sympathetic for wrestling because as much as we love to bag on Vince McMahon, that man is wrestling to the bone and he's delivered a lot of great moments with all the stupid stuff. Yes. So yep. it's weird to watch and it's kind of a bittersweet note to end on, but I understand well, it's, why it's XFL like, it's, it's two. the, it's the, it's the little brother thing where it's like, exactly. You're going to constantly pick on him the whole time. You're going to bash him. You're going to make fun of him. You're going to call him out for everything. But if anyone else does, you're like, well, back off. Yeah. That's the way wrestling is. Like, you cannot. You, the Costas? only people who can bash wrestling are wrestling fans. No one else is qualified. Absolutely. I think it honestly, I think that'd be kind of good for wrestling. Maybe. If wrestling got picked on more in a mainstream sense, because it would force us to band yeah. together a no, little but, bit. But, but like, it, no, I'm but sorry. it, 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 it kind of, it does. I mean, not as much, it, but it still right. does. It's in just not it's not in the public consciousness as much. But you're sitting here and you're just like, man, who are you, Bob Costas? What have you ever because you cover <laughs> ice skating every four years? Like, I don't care what you have to say. You're not better than me. Right. It really it gets you pissed off. But 
I understand, especially after watching this, honestly, it does – it explains a lot about XFL Season 2. Like Vince has really not been a public persona with this at all. He basically, he, he, you know, he brought it back and he's staying out of the way. He's letting Oliver Luck, the commissioner, run most of it. The team names are way scaled down. They're way lamer, which we've discussed. Not all of them. Go Renegades. No, but most of them. I'm, I'm thinking about the L.A. Wildcats specifically. Yeah, you know, and the, and the, it's and no the, New Jersey hitmen and the defenders. Very Fun fact. Raw. I didn't get to this. There was a team called the Birmingham blast <laughs> until somebody was like, Hey, uh, people have bombed black churches like shockingly recently in the city of Birmingham. Maybe we should call them something different. <laughs> so they did. That's just Fair. that's a fun little quirk of XFL season one. But like, so I get you know they 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 went for broke with the first one. It's attitude era football. It's big. It's dumb. It's violent. It's sexy, and it bombed hard. I get that. I feel like they have to find a little bit of that energy again, or people are just going to stop watching the same way they stopped watching the AAF. Yeah. The thing about the NFL is it takes itself so dang seriously. But it can do that because it is the best in the world. Right. You can't take yourself that seriously and be that businesslike and be minor league football that's played in the spring when people have other things going on and expect people to pay attention. For lack of a better way to put it, if you are Shawn Michaels, if you are Adam Cole, if you are Seth Rollins, your wrestling thing can be, well, I'm just myself and I'm a really good wrestler. If you're on the indies – you should probably think about getting some sort of character or some sort of gimmick that people can latch on to. Right. And yeah. that's what I really want to see from season two. I'm not sure if they're going to do it yet or not, but like XFL season two is not going to make it to season three. If it tries to be Kenny Omega, it needs to be at least a little bit of Joey Ryan. True. True. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Or it needs to be like, uh, being the elite Kenny Omega. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's a great way of putting it. Actually, just I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if any of this is going to happen. But I know week one ratings were really good. But like, I know for a fact, like I didn't get a chance to watch hardly any of it this weekend. I feel like if that's true for a lot of other people, things are going to kind of start to spiral quickly. And if they do, I hope they can find a way to get a little bit more colorful with it without having to send us into the cheerleaders locker room. Like there's a lot of stuff you see from season one that I think they could implement and make it a lot of fun in season two if they try. And I hope they try. That's my conclusion <laughs> to this week's episode. All right. Well, that does it for this very long edition of behind the gorilla, man. We have really been going long recently. We've been we've, yeah, we've been putting in the work. I feel like we've been making up for the lack of time spent, like throughout the week, and we've just been making up <laughs> yeah. for it in actually the recording process, yeah. which is probably not the best way to go. But you know what? No, it's oh, probably well. not what y'all care about. But hey, hey oh listen. well. Thanks for listen, listening. Well, those, yeah, like I said, I think our odds are still that they'll get shorter because we're going to spend even less time during the week on it in the foreseeable future. Sure. But yeah, right. thanks for holding out thanks. as always. Listen, if you listen to this and you want to contact us on Twitter, tell me what your XFL nickname would be. Oh, good because one. Because I think season two really needs some inspiration. You can't pick Jazz Ferguson, which I still can't believe is a real name. Ah, dang it. But 
There goes mine. I, I'm, oh, I want to try to come up with mine. There's a lot of possibilities out there. Get into the spirit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, shoot us a shoot us a tweet at behind underscore gorilla and let us know what your XFL name would be. That, that's a good one for sure. Also, give us any suggestions on episodes you'd like us to talk about on the dumb and ridiculous side of wrestling or XFL, which is, we are officially an XFL podcast as well. We've done like nine XFL episodes at this point. So I think we qualify. Um, if you know of any other sports that are worked, uh, let us know that too. Cause I'm always interested in adding that to the list. So are we, do well, we does that mean we have to talk Harlem Globetrotters? I kind of want to now. Oh, Don't man. you? No. Oh, I, fine. I'll do it. All right, fine. Anyway, when, uh, whenever opening day happens, we'll do the episode on the home Depot tour. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down for that. All right, guys. Oh, yeah. For those of you that don't know what the Home Depot tool race is, because <laughs> we haven't explained it, people are sitting there like, what is hour. this? That's fun. It's, it's the uh, the Atlanta Braves, um, usually like the fifth or like fourth or fifth inning of every home game. They do the Home Depot tool race, tool race where you have four people dressed in these tool costumes, like mascot costumes like a drill a hammer a bucket and a paintbrush and they run from one side of the outfield to the other and it's a worked race and it's highly entertaining way more entertaining than just a regular race and uh so they yeah do. that's what other it teams is. have similar concepts like the nationals do sure. it except it's for presidents which yep. is the brewers the were the first the one nationals credit for the brewers yeah. really were the first to do it with the sausages so, uh, right. yeah, no, there's several versions, but that's the one in Atlanta. So anyway, that's what we've been talking about. Anyway, we're done. Thanks for listening again. Follow us at behind underscore gorilla. We follow back wrestling fans. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So do that as well. We'll be back next week with another weird topic. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week.